This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Waddell, Senior Editor of Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager for Extelligent Healthcare Media. 2022 is here, and we are here with four healthcare experts to discuss what the future holds for healthcare organizations. All of our guests today shared trends that touched on addressing consumers' needs. In 2022, how will healthcare organizations ensure that patients have access to care, that care is personalized and appropriate to the patient, that it addresses the patient as a whole person? To start, consumer-centered healthcare is only possible if healthcare is centered on all consumers. Care disparities that emerge based on race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, and other population characteristics present serious barriers to providing care that serves patients holistically. Errol Pierre, Senior Vice President of State Programs at Health First, explained how healthcare organizations can focus and accelerate their efforts around improving health equity in 2022. I think there's going to be three major trends in 2022 focused on health equity, and they all have to do with reducing disparities and reducing implicit bias. First is more data. We talk about our populations as a monolith, like Black patients, Hispanic patients. We need more data to tease that out so we can actually find true disparities among subpopulations within those ethnic groups. Two is quality incentive programs. I think that's the great equalizer in healthcare because it has the same standard of care for everyone. So everyone gets high quality healthcare that they deserve regardless of their race, creed, or color. And the last one is a concept called ethnic concordance. And that's the ability for a member, a patient to see a doctor that looks like them, speaks like them, and has cultural competency that aligns with them. I think those are going to be the three big factors. Healthcare consumerism itself is certainly not a new trend, but it's growing in prominence and becoming increasingly central to healthcare leaders' strategies in a variety of ways. It's an undercurrent to a lot of the overarching trends. Dr. Fred Rockman, Chief Executive Officer and founder of Alliance Chicago, dove into how consumerism will inform healthcare strategies and impact consumers in 2022. He also talked about how predictive analytics and policy may develop to achieve more personalized care and more informed consumer decision-making. We're seeing increasingly the recognition that our industry, which used to be very much driven from the healthcare provider setting out more and more as the expectation that consumers are more in a driver's seat. And I think that coupled with the way technology is just exploding in terms of consumer-facing technology, applications that are designed for consumer use or medical devices that increasingly are being designed so that the delivery of care can be uncoupled from the physical location within a traditional medical or office setting. And then this focus on transparency and fluidity of data interoperability, even though there might be a little bit of magical thinking about how quickly that can happen, certainly we're going to see it increasingly occur. So that focus on consumers is a trend and all of the information technology and data considerations that pertain to that is certainly a key area that we feel we need to be leaning into. The second thing I'd say is predictive analytics, which really I think are coming of age. We're really thrilled to be rolling out a new 
state-of-the-art data infrastructure that really will enable us to do exciting things in that realm, understanding what are the opportunities for predictive analytics in the kind of care, and again, thinking more broadly, not strictly medical care, what are the opportunities that predictive analytics have for that? How can that in more real time be integrated with clinical decision support? So our clinical decision support rules or evidence-based guidelines actually learn and advance in real time. That is an exciting trend that we're very thoughtful about. The trend towards more and more uniformity in the application of clinical standards, like really going beyond the day when each institution or providers define themselves what clinical standards were or quality, but where that's coming increasingly from outside. And, you know, that certainly has a lens in terms of measurement for quality payments, but we're also thoughtful about it in terms of how, for example, the ARC a clinical decision support connect project where people are beginning to think, how can we centrally design both clinical decision support standards and artifacts and push them out so it's not something that's invented at a local level, but we're using as much as possible nationally driven evidence-based standards. And against that, I'd say the second trend that sort of is interesting to think about in that context is the precision medicine trend, which says that we can't really look at recommendations and decision-making across a population largely, but we need to tailor it with certain characteristics that could be highly individual. Of course, genetics was the initial proxy for that, but there are many, many more characteristics, and for us, of course, that includes social determinants characteristics, how could we both use that sort of standard that we agree to, evidence-based standards that we agree to nationally, and tailor them in important ways based on characteristics of the individual? And then the last trend that came to mind is policy, how policy is rapidly advancing in ways that impact health information technologies and its use. So, of course, the making availability information to the consumer was the first, and then now this very, very rapid, seemed to come almost out of nowhere, requirement for making pricing information transparent to the patient. That, like, we certainly agree that's a very, very important goal, but when you try to actually translate it into practice, there is a lot of need for being able to quickly process a lot of information in order to give meaningful estimates to patients. But of course, without a happy clinical team, consumer-centered care is pretty difficult to achieve. Dr. Rockman acknowledged that and emphasized that technology needs to adapt to clinicians' needs so that they can focus on their patients. The rubber is really hitting the road in terms of dissatisfaction with technology on the part of clinicians. All of the other burnout and stress that's occurring because of everything that's happening in the environment, I think, is really heating that up. And so our very, very real need to do something, we have got to do something about making this technology more usable, more satisfactory, more effective, 
for the clinical team. Although EHRs and other digital health solutions can contribute to clinician burnout, there are countless ways in which emerging and established technologies can facilitate better access to care for consumers. J.P. Pollock, co-founder and chief architect of the Commons Project, highlighted the role that health cards, such as the Common Project's own smart health card, could play in storing and sharing patient data in 2022. Smart health cards are currently available for people's vaccination records and in some cases test results, but they could be great holders for lots of different things like complete immunization records or procedures that folks have done or even things like prescriptions if you're traveling abroad and need to be able to demonstrate prescriptions that you have, things like that. So that's the next logical step to sort of further this way that makes it really easy for people to get access to their information in a way that's verifiable. That work needs to happen and it's already starting. I've been sort of a near-term pessimist in terms of the real adoption of all of these technologies and patient access to data, but a long-term optimist for digital health in general. For sort of the last 10 years, I've been saying in three to five years, we're going to be at this place where you know, everybody is accessing all of their data on their devices and receiving virtual care and everything's going to be wonderful. But I've been saying three to five years for quite some time, and we haven't really gotten into that three to five year horizon. But because of the amazing impact and drive that smart health cards have had on the community and the highly increased demand that we are seeing for people to access their health data, as well as this notion of EMR providers and insurance companies and pharmacies all coming together to solve these problems. I think this might actually be the year where we start to see some major uptake in patient access and digital tools around those data. I may be proven wrong, but I feel like things are in a place now to move forward where they have not been historically. What's interesting around the smart health cards that we're seeing is that the support by Apple and Google and Samsung in making this really consumer-friendly and easy for people is sort of not just a big endorsement, but I think it's really important for people to figure out how to get access to these data and make use of them. It would be great to see more healthcare use cases making their way into some of these wallet applications and really consumer-forward applications and, and things like that out there. Consumers can also be impacted by mergers and acquisitions between healthcare organizations. In 2021, outlets such as Harvard Business Review and Forbes boasted headlines that highlighted how COVID-19 might accelerate industry-wide consolidation through mergers and acquisitions. Countless studies have analyzed the benefits and the drawbacks that consumers might experience, from streamlined care navigation to higher out-of-pocket costs. Healthcare organizations can acquire or merge with other organizations in order to further shape their image and bolster or expand the services that they can offer to consumers. But they can also use mergers and acquisitions to dominate a market and limit consumers' options. Nick Donker, a deals partner at PwC overseeing U.S. health services deals, shared his expectations for the trajectory that mergers and acquisitions will take in 2022 and the driving forces behind that trend. As we, PwC, have prepared a health services deals outlook, we expect all areas of health services, including payer, provider, and even the subsectors within each of those, we expect continued increased volume going forward, at least for the next 12 to 18 months. And the reason why we say that is there are multiple variables driving deal activity. 
the first and foremost is the pent up demand that we saw coming out of the pandemic, even though we're still technically in a pandemic, there was a shutdown of the markets from a deal and M&A activity across all subsectors for a good four to five months there, that roaring growth came back. And the fundamentals driving that are private equity investors needing to deploy dry powder. Dry powder is dollars that have been raised for private equity investors and all sorts of other institutional investors that they have to deploy within a certain window of time. There's dry dollars that need to be deployed both on the corporate balance sheets as well in private equity investments that are funneling and, and fueling this increased transaction volume in the marketplace. It is corporates, both on the payer and the provider side, with strength and balance sheets and visibility of how to operate in a pandemic, reviewing their corporate strategies, both on the for-profit and the not-for-profit side, including in the payer sector, that have reviewed their strategy and need to fuel growth. And that's one of the areas to fuel growth is through M&A activity. So the balance sheet strength of those payer and providers is paramount. And then the overarching, what I would call fear of missing out on the right deal to help enhance their strategy and their growth as a whole. And so the markets have been fueled by, again, the dry powder, the reviewing the strategy and the growth elements. And then what happens is when you have all these factors coming together with the for-profit, not-for-profit payer and providers coming together, and then PE jumping in with their private equity dollars, it creates a perfect smorgasbord or world of deal activity that has continued continue to play out through the remainder of 21. And as we hear from our colleagues, our clients, the investment banks, and all the other constituents that are playing in the markets, irrespective of regulatory approvals and trying to unlock value, that volume will continue going forward. In addition to the private equity and corporate strength of balance sheets and all parties assimilating around the growth and fueling the overall transaction deal volume, another point that we should consider is also the public markets and IPO volume, the SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporations, and the dollars that are flowing into those entities and continue to flow into those entities is also driving additional volume into the markets or exit opportunities for parties that are running deal processes. And so all of those factors are contributing to the continued growth in the deal volume in health services. From improving health equity to adopting technologies that ease access to care to securing new mergers and acquisitions, 2022 definitely holds a lot of opportunity for advancing consumer-centered healthcare. Tune in next week to hear cybersecurity and health IT experts share their predictions for the healthcare technology space in 2022. And thank you to all of our guests, Errol Pierre, Dr. Fred Rockman, J.P. Pollock, and Nick Donker for offering your projections. Hey, wherever the new year takes us, we're excited to be sharing top healthcare strategies with you, and we hope you feel the same. So if you liked this episode, please head on over to Apple and leave us a five-star review. Feel free to reach out to us with any healthcare-related questions or stories that you think we should be covering by emailing me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at IntelligentMedia.com. We look forward to hearing from you and Happy New Year. This has been an Intelligent Healthcare Media production.